In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My spiritual father once told me about a monastery that he visited on Mount Athos. It's the monastery of St. Paul. And at the gates of this monastery, there is a sign for those to read who all who will enter into the monastery, a sign that you have to read. And the sign, when translated, says, you have to die before you die, so you won't die when you die. You must die before you die, so you don't die when you die. It's a very profound saying. You must die before you die, so you will not die when you die. Do you understand what he's saying there? It's a very, very deep message, a spiritual truth that is really wraps up the whole spiritual life of us Orthodox Christians and also reflects the reading today in the Gospel, because this is what Christ himself says, right? He says, if you, if you wish, if you desire to follow me, you must take up your cross, deny yourself, and come after me. Exactly the same thing. Why? Because what is the cross? Is the cross something comfortable? Is it something uh, that's pleasant? No. It's a weapon. It's, uh, it requires struggle to carry it, and it is painful. So this quote on the on the monastery, you must die before you die, so you will not die when you die, teaches us a lot of things about the spiritual life when we think of it again with the gospel reading in mind. What does it mean to die before you die? It means the same thing as take up your cross. And in the reading from St. Paul today, from, from the Galatians, he says, it is no longer I who live. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And I live by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for me because of his love for me. So, we have to really meditate on this. When you walk into this church, what is the first thing you see is Christ on the cross. And when each of you was baptized, or those of you who will be baptized, or your children when they were baptized, at the end of the baptism, what did we do? We put a cross on you. A small cross, a baptismal cross. And when the priest puts on the cross, he says the same verse 
from the gospel today. He says, he who would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. So this is what we say when we put on the cross. So clearly there is a command here. There is a calling. There is an invitation. But there's nothing that could be forced on anybody. Christ says, he who wants to, he who wishes to, come after me. Let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So, what does it mean again to die? What does it mean to take up your cross? How do I do that? I know that they put the cross on me when I was a baby. All of us are wearing crosses right now. We have crosses in our homes, in our cars, uh, everywhere. But what does it mean for me to die and take up my cross and follow Christ? What are we referring to here? It has to do with the last verse that St. Paul says. He says, Christ who loved me and gave himself for me. Christ who loved me and gave himself for me. The ones who want to be true Christians, the ones who want to truly follow the way of the cross, must do the same in return to Christ. We must love him and give ourselves to him. In this way, we are following him as well, because we are also carrying the cross. That's why Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but he who lives in me. How was Paul crucified? Because he spent his entire life devoted to Jesus Christ, to spending the gospel, spreading the gospel. And do you know how much he suffered for that? There's only a few passages where he describes what he went through, but that, that in no way captures his daily, daily suffering, his daily cross. He's very modest about it. He doesn't want to tell anybody. He's very humble about it. But we find out in other ways. And in one passage when he describes the imprisonment, the beatings, the stoning, the mocking, the on and on and on and on, the shipwrecks, in hunger, in thirst, being betrayed, all kinds of things. You can't imagine what St. Paul suffered. And he says, because of my love for Jesus Christ, I have been crucified with him. And now he lives in me. So to die, to pick up our cross, means is something we cannot do unless we love Jesus Christ. 
And it's through that love for Christ that we carry the cross. Because of the love of Christ, we carry our cross. Now you might ask, well, what is the cross? I know I love Christ. I want to love him more. Well, where does the cross come into all of this? What is my cross? We have a lot of crosses. Each of you has a cross. The cross is different for every person. It might be the cross of some kind of physical suffering. It might be the cross of some kind of emotional suffering of you or a loved one. It might be the cross of financial struggles. It might be the cross of not having patience. It might be the cross of not having a sense of forgiveness for others. It might be the cross of anger. And these are the things that need to die through the cross. They need to be crucified through the cross. You see, just as that cross that Christ carried had and symbolized the sins of the world that he takes upon himself, so each one of us has to take and think of my sins that have to die, that I have to put to death through my spiritual struggles. That is me carrying the cross, the putting, putting to death of these things that are within me. And why do I do it? Not because I'm trying to avoid going to hell. Not because I'm trying to get into heaven and get my reward. No. That's not why we're doing this. The only reason why we do this is because, as St. Paul says, Jesus Christ loves me and I love him. And because of my love for him, I push myself, I struggle towards this prize, towards this calling. It's purely out of love. No other reason. What keeps people from doing this? What keeps us from doing this, taking up our cross, working on our salvation, working on these things that are in us, these sins, and trying to crucify them and overcome them and overpower them? What keeps us from doing that? And to be, as the sign says, what keeps us from dying before we die so we don't die when we die? Again, it's love. Our love is not, not directed to Christ. It's directed to something else. It's directed to ourselves. It's directed only to the things of this world. The, the desires, the, the calling of this world, the pleasures of this world, that we love more than Christ. 
That's the truth. That's the honest truth. Our hearts are not desiring this communion with Christ. And so we don't take this struggle seriously. We do it sometimes. And it has a limit. We, we're, not, we're not going farther. We're not going deeper spiritually. Somehow we've, we've plateaued. And we're not proceeding deeper into that love for Jesus Christ. That means something is holding us back. Something in this world. Some desire we have for this world. And until we know what that is and let go of it, we will not be able to continue and proceed in this love for Christ and this carrying of our cross. As the science says, again, you have to die before you die so you don't die when you die. We must struggle to put to death within us through the grace of Jesus Christ and because our love for him, these sins, these passions, they must be crucified so that when we die our natural death, we will live with Christ and our soul will not die. The cross is something that is not simply what we wear around our necks. The cross must be something we wear in our hearts. We must know it and remember it in our minds as well. It has to become a daily remembrance of Jesus Christ's love for us. Do I love him as much as he has shown his love for me? I have to ask myself that. And all of us can probably say, sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. Right? We are very wishy-washy. We're up and down, up and down. And God knows that. And we know that, more importantly. And so we have to try to fight against that and overcome that and be more uh, consistent in our love for Christ, in our love for God. And really, really try to think about what is it in me that is keeping me from loving Christ? Am I praying enough? Am I reading the Bible? Am I coming to confession? Am I coming to receive Holy Communion? If I'm not, then I cannot develop my love for Jesus Christ. So today, as we remember the elevation of the Holy Cross, and we hear this Gospel reading, he who would wishes to follow me, let him take up his cross, deny himself, and come after me. It's a reminder for us that we must deny ourselves. The world around you will say, not deny yourself, but it will say, indulge yourself. Eat as much as you want. Drink as much as you want. Entertain yourself. <laughs> 
you could do that all day long, every day, and what will happen? It's not enough. It's not enough. You're going to want to do it more and more and more. It's not enough. It doesn't satisfy us. It doesn't feed our soul. It just feeds our body. And we know what will happen to the body. But what will happen to our souls? This is what God is warning us about. How do we feed our souls? We know how to feed our bodies. It's very easy. We know how to clothe our bodies and keep them comfortable and, and, and enjoy things in this life. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when we do that too much and we forget about our souls, we're in grave danger in the next life. This is why Christ comes to give us the example. He didn't just come and give us a bunch of teachings to think about and implement like these other so-called prophets. He came and was crucified. His body was nailed to a cross. Think about that. This is the way. It's, this is Christianity. It is the crucifixion without which there is no resurrection. This is what we must do, each one of us. Deny yourself. Are you prideful? Try to deny that impulse. Do you struggle with lust? Struggle to deny that passion. Do you struggle with anger? with greed, deny it, crucify it, otherwise it will crucify you and your soul and you will not have life with Christ. So you see, we must keep our eye on the cross and remember what Jesus did for us and if it moves our hearts to love him, let us also then do the works of love for him and for his sake. Glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. be with you, the reader. Wisdom, arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel.
peace be with you all. <clears throat> the reading is from the Holy Gospel. According to St. Luke, let us be attentive. The Lord said, and as you wish that men would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, and do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the selfish. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Oh. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> In our weekly Orthodox Faith and Life class on Wednesday nights, we have been uh, recently discussing the Ten Commandments. And if you remember the story from the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments were given to the Israelites by Moses. And Moses received them from God himself. And he came down and from the mountain, from Mount Sinai, and presented these Ten Commandments to the people. And the very first commandment is, you shall have no other God before me. And you're probably familiar with the others. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not covet your neighbor's, your, your others, your neighbor's goods, or thou shalt not bear false witness. All the, the commandments that we have, the Ten Commandments. And we were talking and it dawned upon us that 
How bad must it, it have been at this time? What were the people like at this time? That they had to be told not to kill. That they had to be told not to lie. That they had to be told not to worship other gods. Clearly, human nature, human beings were in pretty bad shape. Pretty depraved. Full of the deception of the devil. Having fallen away from God and lost into the world. And God now chooses this one group of people, the Israelites, out of all humanity so that he can form them, he can change them, he can transform them into a holy people, separated from the rest of the world that was in darkness. That doesn't mean that somehow the Jews were a chosen people because they were Jewish, because of their ethnicity. It has nothing to do with ethnicity. But he chose a people. He could have chosen any other of the races that existed. But in God's wisdom, he chose the Jewish people. And he chose this people in order to, again, create a people on the earth that could receive his law, that could have a relationship with him, that could know him and become holy. And so, as you read the Old Testament, you read all about the, the, the people, the Israelites, and all the things they went through. And these commandments, again, were necessary simply to make them into human beings. Because people were acting like animals, killing each other, worshipping all the other false gods, which are demons, by the way. This is what the Bible says. Any other god, quote-unquote god, that you see out there, hear about, they are demons. There is only one true God, the Holy Trinity. So these, were, this, these commandments were necessary for human beings. But is that all? Is that all? You know, it, couldn't there be more than simply being a good human being on earth and being civil? Is that all that life was about? No. There was a new covenant. There was a new being, a new life that Christ, that God desired to give human beings to elevate them beyond simply the eating and drinking and dying in life, but to a new level, a new identity. There was a new identity that they were to be given. Those who follow the Ten Commandments were now ready to receive a whole new set of commandments. And these new set of commandments you find in the New Testament. There's over 20 of them, actually. If you read the Gospels, you will discern them. Having now been saved through Christ, having now been baptized into Christ, and having now believing in Christ, the Christians are the new chosen people of God. 
They are the fulfillment of the Old Testament. They now carry the, the new message from God, which is no longer just be a good human being, but be like God. Become like God. This is now the new calling for, human, for humanity. So what are these commandments and where are they? They are in the New Testaments, in the New Testament, in the Gospels, specifically in the words of Jesus Christ. And today you heard one of them at the very end of the Gospel, and it is simply the words, be merciful. Notice it's a proactive thing, something we should do. And if you, again, recall the Ten Commandments that Moses gave, it's something we should not do. Those are all things we... Don't do these things. Don't kill. Don't lie. It's all like telling us what not to do. Again, because people were doing them. But these new commandments of Christ are true commandments in the sense that this is what you should do. Be merciful is one of them that we heard today. There are others. Forgive. Love one another. Fast. Pray. Honor your father and mother. All these are in the New Testament and direct commandments from Christ. What is their purpose? Just as the Old Testament, the purpose was to get people to simply act and behave themselves. Now, those who are joined to Christ, who love Jesus Christ, who believe in Him, who call themselves Christians, are meant to live out these commandments in the world so that the love of God can flow through the people and they can give to the world the things that God has given us. So, be merciful just as your Father in heaven is merciful. If we are to be truly the sons and daughters of God, then we have to act like our Father in heaven. If He forgives us, then we have to forgive others. If He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, then we have to fast. If he prayed, even though, you know, uh, his prayer was straight to the Father and it was for the rest of the world, it wasn't for himself, we have to pray. If he loved his enemies, praying for them while crucified on the cross, then we have to love our enemies. That's another commandment, by the way. Love your enemies. So as you read the New Testament, you'll come across these commandments of Christ, these, these sayings where he's telling us what to do. And we are accountable to that. We are responsible to do those things. Now one of the hardest is what you heard in the message today. One of the hardest commandments. Love your enemies. And then you might ask, well, who's my enemy? And all of us, I think, we could say, probably had somebody in our lives who, who did something and that really uh, 
broke the relationship we had. Or one might say, you know, my enemy is uh, these people, those Turks. And all the terrible things the Turks did, or the Muslims, all the terrible things the Muslims did to the Christians, or the atheists, or the government, or the governor. I mean, you could fill in the blanks with, and make anyone your enemy if you want to. Christ says, love your enemies. How do we love our enemies? How can we do that? Because we have a sense of, this is, this is not right. Justice. This was wrong what they did. And so, wrong compels us to always want to stand up for what's true and what's right. How can I love those who did these bad things? Well, again, what kind of love are we talking about here? What kind of love are we talking about? If you have a friend and he betrays you, and you no longer consider that person a friend. Did you truly love that person? Probably not. That's not the love we're talking about, you see. But if you did love that person the way we mean love in the godly sense, then you would feel compassion for the person who betrayed you. And you would pray for them with your heart that God would forgive him and you. That's the kind of love we're talking about. You see how it's different? This is a divine love that comes from the Holy Spirit that every one of us can receive. But it requires our humility to have a heart that lives in the world and loves in this way. This is how Christ loved. Again, being crucified, he's praying for them, saying, Lord, forgive them. Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. He's advocating for them. He's, he's excusing them. Look at that. He's excusing their behavior before the Father. Because of his overflowing love. It's not easy to become a person like this, but it is possible and it is what we are commanded to be like as Christians. And it takes the putting aside of our own egos and pride and to invite Christ to live in our hearts, to have him love through us. Because again, our love is limited. Like he says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. So it is good to love one another with this love that we have. Yes, it's not bad. But again, we're called to do more. We're called to be a new people, a new creation. It's no longer good enough to simply love. But now we are called to a higher love, a divine love, and to humble ourselves and ask God to allow his love to flow through us to all those around us. 
May we have the courage and the humility and the desire to have that divine love flow through us in a world that needs it more than ever. Glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Again, in countless times, we fall down before you and we implore you, O good one, who loves mankind, that you, having regarded our prayer, may cleanse our souls and bodies from every defilement of flesh and spirit. And grant to us to stand before your holy altar of sacrifice, free of guilt and condemnation. Grant also, God, those who pray with us, progress in life, faith, and spiritual understanding. Grant that they would always worship you with awe and love, Partake of your holy mysteries without guilt or condemnation and be deemed worthy of your celestial kingdom. That ever guarded by your might we may ascribe glory to you, to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, now and forever and to the ages of ages. Pleasures is worthy to approach and draw near or minister to you, the King of glory, for to serve you is great and awesome, even for the heavenly powers. Yet, because of your ineffable and immeasurable love for mankind, you impassed me and immutably became man. You, as the Master of all, became our High Priest and delivered unto us the sacred service of this liturgical sacrifice without the shedding of blood. Indeed, Lord our God, you alone reign over the celestial and terrestrial, born aloft on the cherubic throne. Lord, the seraphim and King of Israel, the only holy and resting among the holy ones, I now beseech you, who alone are good and inclined to hear, look down upon me, your sinful and unprofitable servant. Cleanse my soul and heart of a wicked conscience and enable me by the power of your Holy Spirit, clothed with the grace of the priesthood, to stand before your holy table and celebrate the mystery of your holy and pure body. Turn not your face away from me, nor reject me from among your children, but make me your sinful and unworthy servant, worthy to offer these gifts to you. For you are the one who both offers and is offered, the one who is received and is distributed of Christ our God, and to you we offer glory. With your fathers, without beginning, and your all holy good and life, creating spirit, now and ever to the ages of ages. Amen. Let us who mystically represent the cherubim sing the thrice holy hymn to the life creating Trinity. Now they said, O cares of this life, that we may receive the King of all. Invisibly escorted by angelic host. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Let us who mystically represent the cherubim sing the thrice holy hymn to the life creating Trinity. Now lay aside all cares of this life that we may receive the King of all. Invisibly escorted by angelic host. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Let us who mystically represent the cherubim sing the thrice holy hymn to the life creating Trinity. Now lay aside all cares of this life that we may receive the King of all. Invisibly escorted by angelic host. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Mercy, I'm going to call it your great love, 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 I'm going to call it
those who hate me, for those who love me. Forgive me, the unworthy priest. And I lift up your hands to the holy places. Bless the Lord. God has risen with a loud cry of the Lord at the sound of the trumpet. to the ages of ages. Pandon imon nisti kyrios o Theos, enti vasilia aftum, pandoten in keai keistus eonas ton eonon. taken your body down from the cross, wrapped it in a clean shroud.
fragrant spices. Let us complete our prayer to the Lord. For the precious gifts here presented, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and those who enter it with faith, reverence, and the fear of God, let us pray to the Lord. For our deliverance from all affliction, wrath, danger, and necessity, let us pray to the Lord. Help us, save us, have mercy on us, and protect us, O God, by your grace. That the whole day may be perfect, holy, peaceful, and sinless, let us ask the Lord. For an angel of peace, a faithful guide, a guardian of our souls and bodies, let us ask the Lord. For pardon and remission of our sins and transgressions, let us ask the Lord. For that which is good and beneficial for our souls and peace in the world, let us ask the Lord. That we may complete the remaining time of our life in peace and repentance, let us ask the Lord. And let us ask for a Christian into our lives, peaceful, without shame and suffering, and a good defense before the awesome judgment seat of Christ. Commemorating our most holy, pure, blessed, and glorious Lady, the Theotokos and ever-Virgin Mary with all the saints, let us commit ourselves and one another and all our life unto Christ our God. Lord God Almighty, you alone are holy. You accept the sacrifice of praise from all those who call upon you with their whole heart. Even so, accept from us sinners our supplication and bring it to your holy altar of sacrifice. Enable us to offer you spiritual gifts. Enable us to offer you gifts and spiritual sacrifices for our own sins and the failings of your people. Deem us worthy to find grace in your sight, that our sacrifice may be well-pleasing to you, that the good spirit of your grace may rest upon us, upon these gifts here presented, and upon all your people. Through the mercy of your only begotten Son, with whom you are blessed, together with your all-holy, good and life-creating Spirit, now and forever and to ages of ages. 
peace be with you all. Let us love one another that with one mind we may confess Father, Son, and Holy. I love you, Lord. Christ is in our midst. The doors, the doors, in wisdom, let us be attentive. I believe in one God, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all ages. Light of light, true God of true God, begotten, not created, of one essence with the Father, through whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and became man. He was crucified for us under Pontius Pilate and he suffered and was buried and he rose on the third day according to the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he will come in glory to judge the living and the dead. His kingdom shall have no end. And in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the creator of life, who proceeds from the Father, who together with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who spoke through the prophets, in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. I look for the resurrection of the dead. Let us stand aright, let us stand in awe, let us be attentive that we may present the holy offering in peace. A sacrifice 
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us lift up our hearts lift them up to the Let us give thanks unto the Lord. It is proper and right to him you to bless you, to praise you, to give thanks to you, to worship you in every place of your dominion. For you, O God, are ineffable, inconceivable, invisible, incomprehensible, existing forever and forever the same. You and your only begotten Son and your Holy Spirit, you brought us out of nothing into being, and when we had fallen away, you raised us up again. You left nothing undone until you had led us up to heaven and granted us your kingdom, which is to come. For all these things we thank you, and your only begotten Son and your Holy Spirit, for all things we know and do not know, for blessings manifest and hidden that have been bestowed upon us. We thank you also for this liturgy which you have deigned to receive from our hands, even though thousands of archangels and tens of thousands of angels stand around you, the cherubim and seraphim, six-winged, many-eyed, soaring aloft upon their wings, singing the triumphal hymn, exclaiming, proclaiming, and saying, Agios, Agios, together with these blessed powers, Master of Most Mankind, yes, exclaim and say, Holy Master of Most Holy are you and most holy, you and your only begotten Son and your Holy Spirit. Holy are you and most holy, sublime is your glory. You so loved your world that you gave your only begotten Son, so that everyone who believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. When he had come and fulfilled for our sake the entire plan of salvation, on the night on which he was delivered up, or rather when he delivered himself up for the life of the world, he took bread in his holy and pure and blameless hands. And giving thanks and blessing, he hallowed and broke it and gave it to his holy disciples and apostles, saying, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you for the remission of sins. Likewise, after partaking of the supper, he took the cup, saying, Drink of this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the remission of sins. Remembering, therefore, the saving commandment and all that has been done for our sake, the cross, the tomb, the resurrection on the third day, the ascension into heaven, the enthronement at the right hand, and the second and glorious coming again. O God, be gracious to me, a sinner. Have mercy on me. O God, be gracious to me, a sinner. Have mercy on me. O God, be gracious to me, a sinner.
We offer to you these gifts from your own gifts in all and for all. Once again, we offer to you this spiritual worship without the shedding of blood, and we ask and pray and entreat you. Send down your Holy Spirit upon us and upon the gifts here presented. Gracious to me, a sinner. And make this bread the precious body of your Christ. Amen. And that which is in this cup, the precious blood of your Christ. Amen changing them by your Holy Spirit. Amen, amen, amen. So that they may be for those who partake of them for vigilance of soul, remission of sins, communion of your Holy Spirit, fullness of the kingdom of heaven, boldness before you, not for judgment or condemnation, Again, we offer you this spiritual worship for those who have opposed in the faith. Forefathers, fathers, patriarchs, prophets, apostles, preachers, evangelists, martyrs, professors, ascetics, and every righteous spirit. <clears throat> Made perfect in faith. Especially for our most holy, pure, Blessed and glorious Lady, the Theotokos and ever-Virgin Mary. The Holy Glorious and Prosperous with the Apostles of the Holy Saints, the Anishis, the Arabah, the Hermagic, Augustus and Nefarious, as men we keep today, all the saints, through you, Shepherdishes, visit us again. Remember all who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection. And the rest of the world, the light of the watch. In the beseech you to remember all of the rest of the world, which is the word of the truth. Priest, the deacons in Christ, every priest in the monastic order. Can we offer the spiritual wish for the whole world, the holy Catholic and apostolic church, those living pure and reverent lives? Forces authorities and armed forces grant that they may govern in peace, Lord, and in the tranquility to men of calmness for lives and all piety and virtue. Great is the name of the Holy Trinity, now and forever to the ages of ages. <coughs> Among the first, remember, Lord, Archbishop Yerasimus, grant him to your holy churches in peace, safety, honor, and health unto length of days, rightly teaching the word of your truth. Remember those whom each one of us has in mind and all the people. 
Remember, Lord, this city in which we live, every city and land, and the faithful who live in them. Remember, Lord, those who travel by land, sea, and air, the sick, the suffering, the captives, and their salvation. Remember those who bear fruit and do good works in your holy churches, and those who are mindful of the poor, and upon us all send forth your mercy. And grant that with one voice and one heart we may glorify and praise your most honored and majestic name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, now and forever and to the ages of ages. And the mercy of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, be with you all. Having remembered all the saints again and again in peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the precious gifts here presented and consecrated, let us pray to the Lord. That our God, who loves mankind, having accepted them at his holy and celestial and mystical altar, as an offering of spiritual fragrance, may in return send down upon us divine grace and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Having asked for the unity of the faith and the communion of the Holy Spirit, let us commit ourselves and one another and our whole life to Christ our God. We entrust to you, O loving Master, our whole life and hope, and we beseech and pray and implore you. Grant us to partake of your heavenly and awesome mysteries from this sacred and spiritual table with a clear conscience for the remission of sins, the forgiveness of transgressions, the communion of the Holy Spirit, the inheritance of the kingdom of heaven and boldness before you and not under judgment or condemnation. And grant us, Master, with boldness and without condemnation to dare call you the heavenly God, Father, and to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation. Pater imon, o antisuranis, aiestito to onomasu, ertheto vasiliasu, inethito to thelimasu, os enuranon kepitis gis, ton imon ton epiusion, Lama Rutlan Juraba Illa Pasilan Minbisha. 
For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and forever, and to the ages of ages. Peace be with you all. Let us bow our heads unto the Lord. We give thanks to you, invisible King, who by your boundless power fashioned the universe and in the multitude of your mercy brought all things from nothing into being. Look down from heaven, Master, on those who bowed their heads before you. They have not bowed before flesh and blood, but before you, the awesome God. Therefore, Master, make smooth and beneficial for us all whatever lies ahead, according to the need of each. Sail with those who sail, travel with those who travel, and heal the sick as the physician of our souls and bodies. Through the grace, compassion, and love for mankind of your only begotten Son, with whom you art blessed, together with your all-holy, good, and life-creating Spirit, now and forever, and to the ages of ages. <clears throat> Hear us, O Lord Jesus Christ, our God, from your holy dwelling place, and from the throne of glory of your kingdom, and come to sanctify us, you who are enthroned with the Father on high, and are present among us invisibly here. And with your mighty hand, grant communion of your most pure body and your most precious blood to us and through us, to all your people. Let us be attentive. The holy gifts are for the holy people of God.
I enter a place in him, the hope of myself. Receive me today, Son of God, as a partaker of your Brothers and sisters, forgive me, the unworthy priest. Behold, I approach Christ, our immortal King, the most precious body of our Lord and God and Savior Jesus Christ. Savior, Jesus Christ is given to me in us, the unworthy priest. For the forgiveness of my sins and for my With the fear of God, with faith and love approach, metaphovus eupistios que agapis proselfete. Juliana receives the body and the blood of Jesus Christ for forgiveness of sins and life eternal. 
the servant of God. Maria, Mrs. Put her down. I'm put her down. Sicilian. Sicilian. Want to receive? Okay. Are you ready? Ready? Hi. Hi. Receive. Okay. Under your chin. The servant of God, Sicilian, received the body and blood. Jesus Christ, forgiveness of sins and life eternal. Good job. The servant of God, Melissa, receives the body and the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for forgiveness of sins and life eternal.